With our hands raised all over this room just for a moment, Father, we invite everything you've already prepared for us to meet us in these moments. Let your word ring true in our hearts, our minds. Regardless of our age here today, Father, I ask that truth would reveal itself. I speak against the, the birds of the air that try to sweep in and steal that seed. I speak against shallow ground and rocky ground. I speak to good soil today. Let our hearts become good soil today to receive what you have prepared for us so that it will grow and develop become everything you've destined to be. If you believe that his word is truth and his word is life, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will last forever. Can you say amen today? Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may return to your seats. Thank you, worship team. Hallelujah. So I'm a, I'm a church boy. I was, I was raised in church. I don't know if anyone else has my testimony. All I've, all I've known my entire life is, is church. And so uh, regardless of weather, regardless of circumstance, regardless of what's happening, you know where you're always going to find me, in the house of God, in the presence of God. So I believe, this is where I believe ultimately that, that we're meant to be anyway. It was the, by design, Adam and Eve were created in the very presence of God. And so by design, even though sin got in the way, by design, God has made it so we can get right back to what we were created and where we were created to be, His presence, amen? It's where we belong. We spent two months preaching about his presence, and I thank God for those of you who grabbed that and were like, yes, this is what I need. So my family needs his presence. Uh, but I do recognize, as a church boy, I've, I've, I've kind of seen it all. I've, I've, uh, I'm the child that was trained in the way he should go. Amen. So when he's old, he'll never depart. But uh, anyone else got this testimony that, you know, maybe, maybe on, a, on a Sunday morning, give, give him that image real quick. Maybe, uh, maybe mama looks like this Sunday morning before church, right? But uh, come on, somebody. Don't, don't act like... Don't, don't act like that wasn't just probably this morning, right? Hello, right? <laughs> Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. We've all been there. I've, I've seen it all. Praise the Lord. And I get it. I get it. But train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he will, he will not depart from it. Is that, where's Zion at? Is Zion in here, my guy? Is Zion in here? Where's Zion? Come here, my guy. Come here, my guy. Train up a child the way he should go. So our house is a, is a house divided. And you, you, you know what I mean, house divided, right? I, I, I mean... Pastor Olga's a Cubs fan. Yeah. 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 However, I am not. Maybe you didn't know this. Maybe you already knew this was coming. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Come on, somebody. All right. Got to train them up right. So, so all of my children, whether they wanted to or not, all of my children had to make the choice to become Southside fans. Put it on, my God. Because when he is old, he will never depart. This is just how it's got to be. That's just how, I love you Cubby fans, but this is just how it's got to be in my house if you want to keep living there. Hello, somebody. I kid. Run up a little bit, my guy. That's, that's for you. That's for you. Rock that. The, I'll need it back, though. I'll need it back. My point is just simply this, and I, here's what I'm trying to get at. What the world has done is it is, it is overvalued things that don't even matter. Right? Who cares if you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan at the end of the day? It has no bearing on my eternal soul. Okay? It, it, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Okay? 
Uh, the, the, the point I'm still trying to make is that what we've had to learn to do, and I don't know why my laptop just restarted on me here, but what we've had, what we've had to learn is that in, in church, we cannot undervalue what God puts value on. You know what God puts value on? God puts value on family. God puts value on church. God puts value on togetherness. We cannot undervalue what God says, this is worthwhile, this is important. Do you believe, do you believe your family is important? Do you believe their destiny is important? Do you believe more than just bringing them to church? You, you need to show them what it means to know God for themselves, and that's where we have to put the importance. I'm not trying to stress just come to church if it does nothing for them throughout the week. I'm trying to stress, do you understand God values the family so much that he wants your family to know him the way you know him? It is important to God. And this is why, according to the, the scripture we want to read here today, this comes straight from the book of Joshua. The, the very last chapter of the book of Joshua, he says this, and you probably can quote this verbatim, the very end of it, he says this in Joshua 24, 15, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will, sorry, I gotta type in my, here's, here's what I have to do, I got this really long password, if you wanna know what it is, it's my kids' names, okay? So hold on. Gotta remember how to spell Evangeline sometimes. That's the long one. Ten letters in that name. I can't even spell. It might help to turn off the caps lock. I might need Pastor Olga to come up here and do this for me. Having said that, so I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry. I get it. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Olga. I'm not really worried about it, honestly. I'll preach what God wants me to preach. Yeah. I, I'm good. I'm good. When it comes down to this verse in Joshua 24, 15, and this is ultimately what I'm, what I'm hinging all this on here today, okay? There we go. Let me try this again. You look so just mesmerized what, what's what's gonna happen what, I have no idea it's updating so as for me in my house I'm gonna serve the Lord that's what it comes down to this is what it comes down to I have made a choice okay my kids know this when you get up on a Sunday morning guess where we're going Put your device away. We're going to the house of the Lord. This is what we do. This is who we're called to be. This is what God has destined for our life. So when I think of, when I think of this generation, 2022, and how this generation is, can we just be honest? This generation has probably seen more and heard more and experienced more beyond what they're even mature enough to even handle. That's what has happened in, in, in this generation. And I'm, I'm, I don't even know what happened to my notes now. It's all like, there we go. I just wanna say this because I, I think of previous generations and you know, my grandparents, my grandparents were raised in the, the 30s and 40s. And my grandparents saw, you know, big bands and all they had was radio. And, and my, my grandparents knew of Frank Sinatra, right? And, 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 and Bing Crosby, I was a Bing fan. Bing, I, I like Bing's voice, so I don't know. But, uh, but they saw the Great Depression. 
and, and, and they lived through World War II and all of its horrors. My parents were raised in the, the 60s and, and 70s, and come on, y'all, you know, my, my, my parents had the Beatles, Beatlemania, and my, my, my parents, yeah, okay, there you go. There's a couple of people who, who still celebrate the Beatles. Yeah. And, and Motown, I love Motown. My, my daddy raised me on Motown. I love Motown. Yeah. My parents were raised with afros, right, and bell bottoms. I'm, I'm good. I got it. Thank you, Pastor. I, I, it came. It just showed up for some reason. I leave. Uh, my, my, my parents had, had color TVs, finally, finally, first time color TVs. And, and, and my dad told me, LSD. I don't, I don't know how that always tied together, but they had that in the 60s and 70s, right? And, and, and of course, they had, they had Watergate, and, and, and they had assassinations, and they had the Vietnam War. And then I showed up in the 80s, and you got 80 to 90, 80s and 90s babies in the house, 80s and 90s babies in the house. And, and we had Pee Wee Herman, right? And, and, and we had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, 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 and we had, you know, we had, a, we had Nintendos, and we had those actual arcades. Y'all remember at the mall, the arcade? We, we, had, we, had, we had the arcade out at the mall. It was called a Land's Castle. We used to go out there all the time. And, and, and back in the 80s and 90s, we, we had uh, Walkmans. I, I was showing Evangeline a Walkman today. She, what is that? It's, it, it was amazing, Evangeline. But before we carried cell phones, we had Walkmans and, and our cassette tapes. And, and we had, I, I didn't always watch it because it was sinful, but we had MTV. We had, we had MTV. It was sinful for a Pentecostal boy to watch, but we still had it. Okay, there was, we had MTV, and, and back in the day, we also, you know, this is this 80s and 90s. It was really the, the rise of crystal meth and AIDS. We had these things. And, you know, you know, some of you remember the 90s because we had landlines still, landlines. It it's a cord connected to your phone. You can only go so far. Then you had to, had to, had to come back and... And we had dial-up internet. All that craziness. You get upset when it takes you know, three seconds for your phone to load. And we had to sit there for five minutes and hope we could get out. Come on, somebody. We had the Simpsons. We had friends. Dylan still watches it. Friends. We had friends. And we had the Backstreet Boys and Gangsta Rap. And we had the GOAT, Michael Jordan, and two three-peats. We had it. We had it. And then I just, and then, then I had Justice. He was a 2000s baby, right? You know, in the 2000s, come on, y'all had iCarly and The Sweet Life and Hannah Montana. And, uh, and I, I love, just I used to watch Avatar all the time. And I, I, I still, people still watch SpongeBob. Still watch SpongeBob. Dude's been around forever. In the 2000s, you, you had the, the, uh, the rise of American Idol and all these kind of shows. And, and yeah, some of you might still have this MySpace. Anybody still got their, got their MySpace? <laughs> and, uh, and their MySpace back in the 2000s. And then, of course, they experienced 9-11 and the war on terror. And now we got this, this generation, this, this decade. And, man, stuff they got to deal with now. I don't even know some of this stuff. Snapchat I've heard of, TikTok I've heard of, but Omegle, right? Omegle? Good Lord. This is stuff, right? Yeah, you, you, you're over the age of, of, of 10 and you're like, what? Uh, crazy stuff that, 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 they, that is just available to them. Listening to the, the most popular song of the day by a lady named Lizzo. Is that right, Lizzo? Right? Am I saying that right, Lizzo? Yeah, Lizzo, yeah, okay. I was like, I was like oh, dang, okay. And, and, and Olivia Rodrigo, right, Ella? She know about her, right? And, and Harry Styles, my guy Harry Styles. I know he was, for some of you, a little bit older with his One Direction stuff. And, and uh, here's some crazy names like Doja Cat and Billie Eilish and Dua Lipa and Little Nasty X. I mean, Little Nas. I was like, what? I was like, what? Look at it. And they got 
every one of them seemed to have a some kind of device or smartphone and back in the day pornography you had to try to you know sneak it from a from a bookstore you know come on don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about right yeah now it's right at their fingertips and now they've got these VR systems Evangeline was explaining to me some of the things that are happening with, 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 with VRs and how people can now be like sexually groped just through VR and all these social media challenges and, and, and Zooms and YouTubes and it's like wow they just see everything now they hear everything now but as for me and my house as for me and my house so to all the kids in the room that are, are writing down the scripture, make sure you get it. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice that you even have to make. A choice that you must be willing to make. Because it's in this reality where we live now. Dr. James Dobson, the, the founder of, of Focus on the Family, said this years ago, and I believe it means something more now than ever. He said this, he said, we must make the salvation of our children our number one priority. Nothing else is more important. Can I, can I just get an amen from a parent? Everything I want to give them and everything I want to bless them with and everything I want them to have that I never did, my number one priority has still got to be their salvation. So whatever I've got to sacrifice so they make it to heaven, whatever I've got to give up so they make it with me to glory, whatever I've got to do with my own life and my own choices so that I'm not there alone but my children are with me for eternity, I will make their salvation my number one priority. Can I get an amen from a parent who still believes? Their eternal soul matters. So Joshua's here at the end of his life, and what he's doing is, thank you, worship me. He's reminding this next generation, he says, never forget, never forget, you owe everything you've got to God. Here's how he says it in verse 11. He says, and you went over the Jordan, you came to the place called Jericho, right? The walls of Jericho. And the leaders of Jericho, they fought against you. But what happened? God gave them into your hands. I gave them to you, God says. It was not by your sword or by your bow. I gave you the land on which you had not even labored, the cities you had not even built, and yet you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of the vineyards and the olive orchards that you did not even plant. See what Joshua's doing here? Here's what he's doing. He's trying to show us that we're not the hero of the book of Joshua. God is the hero of the book of Joshua. Will you stop taking credit for things that God has already won? The victories that God won. Remember y'all back in the day, remember those who were raised in the 90s? Remember how when the Bulls won, every time they won a championship, we'd get out in the streets and, and honk our horns and act foolish. We won! We won! Oh my God, we, we didn't do anything but watch. But the fact of the matter is, it was someone else's victory and we were trying to celebrate it like it was our own. And Joshua says, don't be foolish. The fact you have any of these things is because God gave them to you. God called us. God gave us strength. He gave us courage when we were afraid. He was there with us. We didn't make the walls fall. We just did the walking. God brought the walls down. God is the one who gave us everything that we've gained. We just had to go get it. So Joshua says, remember everything that we have. We owe it to God because he's the one who gave it to us. Come on, family. Has God blessed you? Has God provided for you? Has God given you things you never even earned? Come on and say amen. 
Here's, here's really the point I'm, I'm trying to make because I believe if no one's ever told you this before, I'm going to tell you this right now. The best defense against backsliding and falling away from God is not trying to do better. Your best defense is a good memory. Just remember what God has done for you. Remember what he's provided for you and it will keep you from turning to the left and the right. I believe we need to write down those things God has done. I, I believe we need to write down those victories that we've seen along the way. I believe we need to think about them constantly. Keep them in mind. I believe we need to do, do more than just think about it. I believe we need to talk about them and share them and post them and let the world know this is what God has done. The reason I'm still talking about my grandparents to this day is because they didn't just preach. They lived it. And they shared with me the things that God had done and the things that they had seen and the blind eyes that were literally opened and the wheelchairs that were thrown in the corner but in a pile because of the people who were healed and got up and walked. Let it be said of us that we tell our future this is what God has done. And even after I'm dead and gone, people are still talking about how great is our God because what he did for my family, my ancestors, those who went before me. Otherwise, you know what we will have? We will have another generation that grows up that knows not the Lord our God, nor the works he has done. So Joshua challenges the people, don't forget. Then he also tells them this. He says, be faithful. Be faithful. Nudge your neighbor and say, be faithful. Be faithful. Verse 14 of Joshua 24, he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Someone say all. All faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. The, 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 the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And serve the Lord. Now fear the Lord. So first, let me, let me just make sure we're, we understand this. The fear of God is not being terrified of God. I mean, on some level you probably should be. But, but the fear of God is that deep inner reverence and, and highest respect for who God is. And, and you get to that point where you have such a reverence for God that eventually you'll speak like Jesus. When Jesus said this in John 8, 29, he said, I always do those things that please him. That's the real fear of God. Not that I'm terrified of him, but that I honor him and reverence him so much, I don't want to do anything to displease him. But then he says this secondly, he says, don't just fear the Lord, serve him with faithfulness. Church of 2022, how can we best teach our families to fear the Lord and to serve him faithfully? You know where it starts? Right in the next part of what Joshua said. He said, throw away your old gods. Throw away your false gods. Woo! looking at a generation that doesn't even realize how many idols they've created. How many graven images they worship and bow down to. I'm not even talking about your money or your, or your desire for fame or, or your career. Some of you just made, literally made your family your idol. Some, some of us have, have made ministry an idol. 
And if I want to teach my children how to fear the Lord and be faithful, the first thing I've got to do is where are those idols at? Those false gods that I hang on to, that I turn to, that I put my, my faith in, my, my trust in. I'm, I'm having a bad day, so let me go smoke some weed. I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed, so let me drink away my, my, my issues. These false gods that we turn to, that, that ultimately you, you know what happens with every false god. They give you false blessings and false victories and false joy. Why? Because they're not real. And so he says, be faithful. All faithfulness. Serve the God, serve the Lord your God with all faithfulness. Do you know what that means? That means no hidden areas, no hidden rooms, no things I, I keep back and reserve for myself. Paul repeats kind of what Joshua said that when he said this in Romans 6, 13, he says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely, com com completely. Does completely mean 25%? Does completely mean on Sundays only? Does completely mean when I'm in dire need and God, will you, will you help me? No, listen to me, family. The reason Jesus gave it all on a cross was so that you and I could stand here today and make the choice. I'm going to give you completely every part of me. Completely is not 75%. Completely is not 95%. Completely is not 99%. 100%. You gave it all. What do I think is my right to hold back anything? Any part of me on reserve. Man, Pastor, I thought this was Family Sunday. And the reason why your family's still struggling, the reason why your family's still crazy, the reason why they don't really believe in your God, do they see the fear of the Lord? Do they see the faithfulness to the Lord God? See, up to this point, you know, as a preacher, I love what Josh was saying. He's preaching good, right? Never forget all that God has done. Well, amen. Mm, he's been good. He, he's provided. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He's preaching good. Throw away them false gods. Ha, preach, preacher. Amen. I, I love it. And then he goes and just says something so crazy. I only gave you the last part of verse 15, but check out the first part of verse 15. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors, the, the gods that they serve beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in the land that you are, are, are living. If serving the Lord seems undesirable, what kind of preacher says that and still has a job? If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. I, I got tripped up as I was reading. It's like, wait a second. I get a choice? This will trip you up until you begin to understand that God designed your destiny, but you must discover it. He designed it. I discover it. Well, how, how do I do that? How, how do I go about discovering my, my destiny? Joshua tells us right there, right in the very next verse, he says, choose this day. Choose this day. If you are taking any notes, I'm going to give you one thing to write down today. This is going to be real simple. Write this down. Decisions decide destiny. Decisions decide 
destiny. It's all on God. God's going to be the one to get me there. He'll get you to the promised land. Are you going to take possession of it? Decisions decide destiny. Choose this day. Either you choose the one true eternal God or you'll choose the God of your ancestors. The God they worshiped beyond. Can I real quick just, because I'm always so interested in, in I, I'm, I feel many times just so like intrigued by history. The gods of their ancestors. Who were the gods of their ancestors? The God, the, the God of the Chaldeans, the, the, the God of the Egyptians, the, the God of the, what kind of gods? The sun god, right? The moon god, the, the wind god, the, the air god, the, 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 the mother goddess. All, all, these, all these gods that, that their ancestors used to worship. Go ahead and choose them, Joshua says. Go ahead, pick them, pick them, pick them. Okay. And then he doesn't stop, and then he also says, also, if, if that's good for you, then choose the God of the Amorites. God, the Amorites had a bunch of gods as well, but the, they loved to focus on, you know what they love to focus on? The gods of sexual pleasure and fertility. I, I thought sexual perversion was just for this generation. No, no, there are gods, spirits at work behind these things. That's why when this generation tries to push all of its sexual immorality on us, understand there's a spirit behind these things, pushing these things, and those who give into it have already chosen the God they're willing to serve, and it's not this one. Dang, that sounds really harsh, Pastor. I'm just telling you what he said. Choose this day and then tell me, did that God pay off? Did that God come through? Did that God bless you? Here's what I love. This is such biblical genius here. Really, it's just what it is. You get to choose religion or relationship. It's biblical genius. And here's the best part. We don't have to try to coerce anybody into serving God. Shoot, go ahead. If you don't want to choose the ever-living, ever-loving God, then go ahead and go back to the false gods you used to worship. Go right on ahead. If you'd rather indulge your fleshly desires and not serve the, the only true God who, who will bless you, then go right ahead. If you'd rather slurp from the pus-filled cesspool of sin instead of drinking from the waters of life, go on ahead. The choice is yours, baby. If you'd rather serve these little gods who will never give you anything instead of the only almighty God who is mighty to save, go on ahead. It's your choice. It's your choice. But Joshua says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Go back and serve the God of your ancestors. Go back and serve the God of the Amorites. Go ahead. But as for me, I love this because this has been quoted for over 3,000 years, memorized and spoken by men and women all over this globe. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let me give you four things and I'm done. This is a public statement. But y'all gonna do all this? You're gonna live however you want. But as for me. But you know, you know what he's really saying? Here's what he's saying. I don't care what you do. Go ahead. You you do you. You're gonna do it anyway. Go on ahead. But there's no shame in my game. I'm going to serve the Lord. Listen to me. As you follow Christ, there are going to be times when you have to declare to people, look them dead in their eyes and say, I love you. 
but do whatever you want. Live however you want. Serve whatever God you want to. I'll still be your friend. I'll still pray for you. I'm still here for you when you come to your senses and want to come back home. But, but, as for me, it's a public statement. I need everyone to know I'm serving the Lord. Second thing about this, this is a personal decision, right? It starts with the individual choice. As for me, as for me, nobody can choose for me. It doesn't happen by accident. It can't be inherited by, uh, because of my relations with my family and my relatives. No, as for me. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Your family can give you a Christian heritage, but only you can give Christ your heart. As for me. This is also a, a persuasive declaration. He says, as for me and my house, and my house, understand how this works, the succession of this. Once you make the choice, as for me, it will directly impact all the little me's in my house. If I choose to stay home on Sundays, if I choose to indulge my sinful desires, if, if I choose to just live however I want to, it directly impacts all the little me's in my house. But when I make the choice, ask for me and my house. I've heard it said like this. Maybe you've heard it this way before. It's a common phrase we communicate when we're trying to talk about faith and passing faith on to the next generation. We say it like this, faith is caught, not taught. That sounds spiritual, but it's not completely biblical. Because the Bible actually elevates both caught and taught. See, faith is caught, which is why I need to be able to say to my kids, like Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. First Corinthians chapter 11. So, this, so it's caught. Absolutely, it, it's caught. You see what I'm doing? Do what I'm doing. Look on me, on me, and do likewise. Do it. I, I'm going to show you how to, how to do this thing. You'll catch hold of this by watching my example. But it doesn't just stop there. Because sometimes, sometimes I've got to keep reminding them again and again and again. I'm not just passing on my head knowledge. I am passing on to you a model of what it looks like to be a Christian. So I, I help them, I help them to catch it. But then also, ultimately, I'm going to teach them. It's caught and taught. That's why the Bible says, teach them to your children. Speak about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Teach these principles. Teach these truths. Teach this to your children. What if I don't know yet, pastor? Well, guess what, baby? You're never going to know if you don't bring them to church. If you don't do the best you can to model a prayer life, reading, talking with them about, about their choices and their decisions, and what does it mean to filter my choices through Scripture? It's caught and taught. I'm just a both-hand kind of guy. Caught and taught. Caught and taught. As for me and my house, my persuasive declaration. It doesn't stop at me. And then he says this, and I love this because it's a positive statement. We will serve the Lord. Family, listen to me. You've got to serve somebody. If it's not God, you'll serve yourself. If it's not yourself, you'll serve the God of this world. There's no room for neutrality. It's, just, it's not how it works. It's not how it works. 
Every person chooses a God. And every person serves the God they choose. That's just how it works. And if you choose not to choose, you've still made a choice. Choose this day. Whom will you serve? Rev, when I look at the story of Joshua, you want know to recognize he was a man born a slave. 110 years later, as he's getting ready to die, he dies a victorious warrior, enjoying every one of the promises God had given before he was even born. He was born a slave, dies a victorious warrior. What does that demonstrate to us? That means where you finish is not determined by where you start. Ooh, I don't, we don't even need to talk about some of y'all's family history. We don't need to talk about your ancestors and where you've come from and the bad parents and grandparents and people you maybe didn't even know. We don't even need to discuss that because none of us get to choose our ancestry. What we do get to choose is our legacy and what we're going to leave behind for those who follow. I believe God is searching for a generation of Joshua's that will make a choice. As for me, and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Oh, you want to live that way? Not in my house. You can wait till you're 18 and you can go on with your bad self. I love you and I'll pray for you. But not in my house. No. No. A generation of Joshua's said, I choose to serve the Lord. What are, you, what, are you, somebody, what are somebody waiting for? I, just, I feel like, I, I, I'm just, when is that time going to come? We're like, yes. Yes, I've made my choice. I've cast my vote. I, I, I have chosen my God. Yahweh. Yahweh, the Almighty. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'll close with this. When you read the book of Joshua, you'll see it's all about this forward momentum that the children of Israel are going through. They're, they're taking possession of the entire promise God has for them. And you see one battle after another, and most of them are victories, and you got a couple of defeats in there, and you got an entire family that's got to be killed off because, again, my choice affects my house. And so Achan makes a choice, and it affects his entire house, and and so here we've got this forward momentum and, and victory after victory and battle after battle. And, and they're taking over everything that God has promised them. And then we finally get to this last chapter. And here's what we discover. Joshua says, I'm almost dead, but my journey's not done. And the reason my journey isn't finished is because I have to pass on this truth to the next generation. I, I can't finish until I've passed on this truth. I can't, I can't die until I've passed on this truth. Back in the day, we used to play uh, pickup basketball games. Anybody, anybody play basketball back in the day? You go pick up games. I don't know if it's still this way. Or not. I'm too old to play basketball anymore. But, but back in the day, you'd show up at a court and a game was already in progress. And, and you, you know what you'd holler out? Who got next? Who got next? And you know why you said that? Because somewhere in the back of your mind, you thought, I'm going to take these fools. I got this. 
I'm, I'm better than they are. Who got next? I need to know who's lined up. Who, who, who's going to play? Back in the day, we used to go to arcades, back when we had quarters. You know, remember those things called quarters? Okay. And you remember when you go up to the arcade, you know what you do? You know how you know who got next? You put your quarter there, and then you sit and wait your turn. Who got, who got next? Whose quarter is that? I don't know how we remembered whose quarter it was, but we remembered. Who got next? I guess my, my, my thought is just this because I, 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 I think about me in, in, in my house, and I tell my kids this often. I will tell them, listen to me. The reason why you have to serve God, the reason why you, you, you want to serve God is because he's going to do things through you he never did through me. You're going to see things I've, I've never seen. You're going to go places I've never gone. You're going to go further than I, I've ever went. You're going to accomplish more than I've ever accomplished. Why? Because I've seen it in my own life as I watched my dad. He accomplished more than my grandfather accomplished. I believe I'm accomplishing more than my dad's accomplished. My children are going to do more than I I have ever done. Pastor Ogle asked him this all the time. She'll be like, yo, kids, she'll be like, who's taking over for daddy? Who's going who gonna to be the next preacher? That's a lot of pressure to put on them kids. You know what we're trying to tell them? There's a legacy that you are a part of. Your ancestors have gone before you. They've run their race. Who's going to be the next one to pick this up and run with it? Uh, if you don't believe this is Bible, Hebrews 12, 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Rev, I'm going to use you for a quick second. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to understand something. This race in Christianity it is not an individual sprint. It's what we call a relay race. Yes. If I think it's only about me, I'll just run my course and when, it's, when I'm done, I'm done. Do it one more time, Rev. Do it one more time. You might as well get that cardio in today. If there's anything I know about Reverend Jerry, loyal to my grandfather, loyal to my father, loyal to me, he will serve at all costs. But one day, he's going to finish his course. And I need to know who's got next. Somebody's got to pick it up and run with it. Somebody's got to decide. There's a race in front of me that's got to be run. And somebody's got to do this. I don't know who's coming next, but somebody in this place recognizes. Pastor can't keep running forever. I can't do this forever. Who's got next? Zion, where you at, my guy? Where you at, my guy? At some point in time, I'm going to get tired. At some point in time, I'm going to wear out. At some point in time, I'm going to tell God, I've done all I can. I've given all I can. Here's my energy. Here's my love. Here's my devotion. Here's my heart. Here's my soul. I've done everything I can, Lord. Who's got next? You gotta make a decision at some point in time. This doesn't stop with me. I've gotta set up my legacy to run the race that is put before them. And go, 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 go. You can do this. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You will accomplish everything God has called you to. World time, my guy. Who's got next? Who's got next? Who's got 
Stand your feet with me. Stand your feet with me. Come on, if Reverend Jerry's standing, you can stand. Come on, get up. Get up. My question is, my question doesn't stop at my family. My question, who's the next generation God is raising up? Where are you at? God is calling you forward. At some point in time, every hero dies. And this is a relay race. Who's going to take the baton next? You going somewhere, Pastor? 41. Statistically, I've probably lived half my life. Does that make me middle-aged? I'm Anybody under 55? Anybody under 55? Under 55. Wait, you've been raised up, raised up high, proud. Joshua was 110, ladies and gentlemen. If you're under 155, you're not even halfway there. And yet he could say, he could say, I was born in slavery. But I made a choice along the way. I'm not going to stay in where I started. God's got better for me. Maybe, just maybe, you've got a jacked up ancestry, heritage, but you can make the choice today, as Joshua said. My life might be close to over, but I'm drawing a line in the sand. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're physically capable, if you're physically capable, stand your feet. Let me pray and I'll get you out of here. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that what you have set in motion in the hearts and lives of the men and women here today. God, may it go beyond just this moment. I pray that we will see the bigger picture. I pray that we will recognize there's a race in front of us, one that we are running. There's choices in front of us that we are making. And they don't stop with us. They don't end with us. There are children looking to us. The future is watching. And they're simply wanting to know, can I do what God has called me to do? Can I be who's, who God has destined me to be? Can I, can I live a life of blessing, a life of victory? And family, I know we all have struggles. I get it. But today is not about your struggles. Today is about finishing strong. Whatever this looks like in your life, I pray that you will do yourself a favor and just look over your shoulder and see that somebody's coming behind you. They may not be biological offspring. They might be spiritual offspring, but they're looking at your example. They're looking for a model. Let it be said of us like Paul said, be imitators of me as I imitate Christ. God, I'm praying for a church, a generation of men and women that want our children to, to grow up and not know the Lord our God, not know about his great works. We want to raise a generation of fully committed, fully devoted, completely sold out young men and women 
who will pick up the baton and run their race with strength and courage. And maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, their path might be easier than mine. Great, I'm glad I was a good example. Maybe, just maybe, your path will be harder than mine. Great, you're setting a good example to show those after you. Don't give up, don't quit. God's got a promise for you. He's gonna see it through. You may have been born a slave, but you're gonna die a victor. In the name of Jesus, we speak to this generation and we declare it is time for us to cast off everything that's weighing us down, everything that's keeping us stagnant, everything that's keeping us from moving forward. We declare in the name of Jesus, we are cutting off every sin that so easily entangles us and ensnares us. And we declare in the name of Jesus, we will run this race that God has put before us. We will run our course, we will keep the faith, and we will hand off the baton to the next generation who will make the same declaration we made. Come on, somebody, I want you to pray this, not just for yourself. I want you to pray this for the people who will come after us. If Jesus doesn't return anytime soon, then we're all gonna go the way of all flesh, and we'll be in eternity, and our children will take over. What kind of church do we want them to have? What kind of experiences with God do we want them to experience? What do we want them to believe about this great God who not only created the cosmos, but is present with them every moment of their life? Come on, I want you to declare this with me. As for me, in my house, Come on, I need somebody to let Satan know. I've made some wrong choices along the way. I've, I've chosen against God at times. But let's say this so the kingdom of darkness here is just ask for me and my house. Come on, I want you to let every past generation who screwed up and did it wrong, I want you to speak it so wherever they are in eternity, they hear it as well. Ask for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We will follow the Lord. We will love the Lord with all our hearts, all our soul, all our minds, all our strength. Amen and amen. Come on, speak it over the future. Speak it over the future. Let it be so, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can't with me just for a moment, just place your hands on somebody near you right now. Evangeline told me this today. She said, she said, yeah, you know what? If you ever feel like you're just all alone, watch a scary movie. Makes sense. For some reason, you don't feel alone anymore when you watch a scary movie. Somebody's here. It's clever. She, she gives me these clever things all the time. But it got me thinking. I'm actually, I'm never alone. Because if Hebrews is right, Tiana, give me that verse. If Hebrews is right, then I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I believe there's a man and a woman in heaven dancing the streets of gold, celebrating the presence of their creator. The biggest reason they're celebrating is because he's their God and they're with him. But if they ever get a chance to look down on us, and I don't ever see that anywhere in the Bible, but if they ever get a chance to, I feel like they look down with pride because they see us, Rev. Because they see us, Dev.
because they see us deal because they see us just because they see us pastor Beto miss Vidi, because they see us running the race that they started and it's still going just to this day sister nancy to this day we are completing what they started and if jesus doesn't come back then i will hand this off to an ella or a zion or evangeline because justice is probably going to do music and so there we go somebody else is going to grab this bad boy and run with it why because it's not over until god calls me home and if i'm not home i've got to keep running but if my time is done then it's your time to start i'm going to hand this off and i'm going to celebrate i'm surrounded at all times I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let this be courage for you this week when the enemy tries to trip you, when sin tries to entangle you. You're surrounded. And I don't just mean by those who have gone before you. This is why I show your hands on somebody. Because look around you. Look around you. You're not in this race alone. Listen to me, you're holding, some of you are holding some people that are just as jacked up as you are, hello. But at least they're still running the race. Come on, come on. At least they're still running this race. My encouragement to you is this, my encouragement to you is this. When you begin to look at your future, the focus isn't just, God, what am I gonna get? The focus is also, God, what am I gonna leave? What am I gonna? What am I going to give? I believe my grandparents and my parents have set me up for spiritual success. I'm trying to do the same for my children. We are. Both my biological and my spiritual children. So that you can run this race. And so that you can win. Children, to those of you today who are writing that scripture in, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you, you'll be the only one doing it at home. Maybe mommy and daddy just go through the motions and don't really want to serve God. I get it. But I pray you're making your choice today. It's not about your ancestry. It's about your legacy and what you're going to leave for those who come after you. So our kids are actually going to be building a little house today. You got kids that are typically an impact kids are going to be building a little house today. I pray it speaks to you and you'll make that choice because your decisions determine your destiny. They do. They do. There's power in your choices. Amen. Father, I ask today, lastly, I just ask that we would run this race with endurance and that we see the promises of God fulfilled in our lives, in our families. I pray, God, that we will ultimately set up our children for success spiritually. They may stumble, they may struggle, but they're going to succeed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you put your hands together today and just praise God? Just praise God for His goodness.